0: Five years after it broke open, the Navy's Fat Leonard contracting scandal is still producing indictments and prison sentences. The rolling investigation has snared no less than 60 admirals. For some perspective, we turn to Bruno Wengrowski. He's a retired professor of contract management at Defense Acquisition University and author of the book "Fat Leonard: Navy Spies and Contract Crimes." Mr. Wengrowski, good to have you on.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: This is almost beyond imagining how widespread this has become. Give us the scope of just who has been snared so far in this in this long running deal.
1: Well, essentially. Uh there have been more than uh, four hundred Navy personnel that have been interviewed and as you said, over sixty admirals. And the latest casualty is uh where Admiral Montgomery was going to be a uh, presidential appointee for agency for international development that was uh set aside. Uh so uh essentially uh Leonard had two hundred million dollars worth of contracts and uh He used a wide variety of bribes and prostitutes and travel gifts and other inducements to get a lot of inside information.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess the fundamental question might be unanswerable, but how could so many people in one fleet, in this case the 7th Fleet, be lured into thinking that anything they were doing in this respect was okay?
1: Well, let me give you my, my perspective on it. Essentially, there was a retired lieutenant commander named Arufo who was assigned to the Blue Ridge, and Leonard opened an office in uh, Yokosuka, Japan. And the
0: Blue Ridge, by the way, was the flagship for the 7th Fleet.
1: Exactly. Okay. And uh, the 7th Fleet has the largest Uh, area of the globe to cover, over 56 million square miles. There are approximately uh, 300 port visits, almost 50 ports. So uh, Arufo essentially was able to establish an office in Yakuska and being a retired navy officer, he got access to the what they call the wardroom in the Blue Ridge. The wardroom is where all, all the officers convene, especially for meals and meetings. He was able to uh, get otherwise classified and in secret information on ship schedules.
0: Yeah. So we know the outlines of what happened and all of the glowing reports of of Fat Leonard's servicing of the ships and the overcharges. Maybe the bigger question then is nobody noticed this at Navy headquarters, at the contracting commands. I mean, how did it go on for so long, I guess, is the question.
1: A variety of trigger incidents that occurred. For example, NRCC, Naval Regional Contracting Center, was an autonomous office. And we had a Counterpart office in Naples, Italy, that serviced the Sixth Fleet. And what happened was the Navy had a realignment and a reorganization, and they put the uh, Singapore office under uh, the Fleet Industrial Support Center, now called the Fleet Logistics Center in Yokosuka, Japan. And the Blue Ridge is homeported in Yokosuka, and the amphibious ships. And the carriers go either to Sasebo or to Yokosuka. Usually, the carriers go to Yokosuka. And essentially, when they did the realignment, the uh, Yokosuka office had zero experience in writing husbanding contracts. So as a result, the learning curve was was fairly steep. The one week link for the Navy was a contracting officer named Simpkins, who's been sentenced to over six years in jail, and he was a retired Air Force an uncommissioned officer who retired in 1994, and he was able to uh, get uh, over $300,000 in bribes from uh, Leonard Francis.
0: I guess you can understand someone lower level thinking they can get away with a bribe, but what about the admirals? That's Uh, the mystery.
1: The the admirals per se were usually at the time captains or commanders that later on got promoted. There's a, a wide variety of terms used, but Leonard spent probably over $5 million in uh, parties and orgies in order to get inside information.
0: We're speaking with Bruno Wengrowski, retired professor of contract management at Defense Acquisition University. Now that it's mostly over and the scope of it is known and most of the bad people have kind of been cleared out here, what controls does the Navy need to have or, or do you get the sense the Navy has learned lessons and is applying them? to make sure this doesn't happen again?
1: Hopefully they will, but my confidence level isn't very high. The major concern that I have is the real root cause of why the scandal could be promulgated and consistently used over time was a compromise of national security information because Leonard got secret and classified ship schedules. He even got a um, the plans for the ballistic missiles on submarines. When you look at where the Navy ships could go, Vladivostok, Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand, not that these countries are enemies, but sometimes they are frenemies or potential future adversaries. And you know, who's to say that Leonard couldn't otherwise sell the information to another government, further compromise the U.S. Uh, position? Another contributing factor was if you recall, in 2000, we had the uh, loss of 17 sailors on the USS Cole that was rammed in the Fifth Fleet area. And Leonard was able to capitalize on the security cost to protect Navy ships. For example, the Cole incident prompted us to uh, have a security plan when we had the ship in Port Klang, Malaysia. Leonard initially uh, gave a plan of over $600,000 for a five-day port visit, and the executive officer and I Uh, carried that down to about $230,000. So there were ample opportunities. Leonard knew the uh, vulnerable areas to overcharge. One was discharge of human waste without metering. One of them was having uh, provided fuel to the Navy, even though Defense Logistics Agency had what they call bunker contracts, The ship could have ordered off and saved just about 50% of the open market cost.
0: Yes, so there was almost a double scandal. One, the giving of bribes, and then the giving of bribes to get overpriced contracts.
1: Yes. One of my most trusted contract specialists in Singapore, a local national, she's just been sentenced to... uh, 31 months in in the Singapore jail.
0: And how has the Navy in Washington and so on reacted over the years?
1: I just think there's a high level of embarrassment with regard to the Navy, but they don't seem to be able to have the ability to hone in on uh, the fixes. Um, I I really think they should reestablish the regional offices. For example, the uh, Naples office, and I worked there there for three years in the late 70s. Uh, They put that office under Sigonella in Sicily, and Siginella, Sicily, and Yakuska, Japan, are far too remote from where the port visits do occur. The other thing, too, is the universe of people who actually are familiar with and able to award and administer contracts for logistic support kind of count on uh, a couple of hands.
0: So basically, the old rules apply, oversight and experience.
1: Yes. Now, I have a a copyrighted course. I I taught at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, and I have a formula for why we have contract crime, and the acronym is ACBIO, which stands for the absence of checks and balances plus intent plus opportunity equal contract crime. And Leonard was able to um, find the vulnerabilities in the system and was able to capitalize on them, And obviously, he had the intent, and he created the opportunity, first of all, to get all that classified information, and then secondly, his human weakness, you know, to uh, bribe. He was quite innovative. For example, he was a a small-time contractor in Penang, Malaysia, and had contracts for ports in Malaysia and Indonesia with very few port visits. And he was able to uh, get the confidence of defense attache officers in those two countries because he was able to find information on problems on Navy ships, which may include morale issues, problems with equipment, testing issues, and so forth. And uh, he was having very staunch advocates in those two countries to make sure that no other contractor would be able to uh, get contracts in those two countries. Uh, When he decided to expand his empire, he smartly moved to Singapore, and he was able to acquire a former British resistance ship, and retrofitted it. It was renamed the Glenn Braveheart. When he had that ship retrofitted, he essentially made a, a nightclub out of it to include uh, new dancers called seals to offer prostitute services and have gambling, and oddly enough would accompany uh, the ships to the ports. So he played all angles. Yeah, new no um,
0: twist on Love Boat.
1: Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about what really was his downfall is that Agent Beliveau said things are getting really hot for you. You really need to destroy any records that you have. Well, in Singapore, the tax codes are so tight and you need so much documentation that Leonard failed to destroy records. And that was his ultimate downfall because they could, in fact, find out exactly the extent and the volume of the scandal that went on. Leonard was really crafty. He would be able to uh, artificially create port tariffs that were inflated so he could show a Navy ship that you need to pay a $140,000 peer fee because of this port tariff. Also, he was required to compete subcontracts and he created false companies and false letterheads to when he was asked for information to to do that. I really feel that there was a a lack of aggressive contract administration as well. The scandal began unfolding actually in the year 2006, but really because of Paul Simkins, the contracting officer, but really started accelerating around 2009 through 2011.
0: Well, maybe we'll see the end of it uh, during the current administration, but this really spans of uh, presidencies and secretaries of the Navy and, and oh, fleet commanders.
1: Absolutely. And ultimately, there is karma. Leonard Francis has been diagnosed with cancer, cancer of the kidneys, renal cancer, and he is actually not in a federal prison in San Diego as he was initially in, and he's living in a loft apartment above... His position is and he has to pay for his own security. The Navy really is still holding the bag because in his plea bargain, he promised to return to the Navy $35 million, of which $5 million was immediately due within 90 days, which he did do but the rest of the money is still outstanding.
0: Well, so we may never see it. Right. Bruno Wengrowski is retired professor of contract management at Defense Acquisition University. Thanks so much.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and I really think that a lot of the scandal hasn't really been handled that well by the media and hasn't gotten the... Uh, sensational uh, implications as much as are deserved.
0: Well, maybe we can help start to rectify that. Bruno Wengrowski is retired professor of contract management at Defense Acquisition University. His book Fat Leonard, Navy Spies and Contract Crimes is available on Amazon. Leonard himself, said to be suffering from kidney cancer, is living above his doctor's garage in California. We'll post a link to more about the scandal and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com federaldrive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast